Hello, I'm here with Clemens Pietzner, who presented a workshop called Our Love Slash or Our Money. And uh, this is a subject that uh, interests me very much and hope will interest you. Um, which is, can, are those things compatible and how can they be compatible? But first, would you introduce yourself, please, Clemens? Well, th thanks for the opportunity. Um, I am the president of, the, of Triscolis. Triscolis is an organization that has two parts that is based in Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, about an hour to the west. And the one part of our work has to do with serving youth. We have three youth programs. One of them we call Food for Thought, which is working with um, essentially teenagers, ninth through 12th graders, doing youth employment, healthy food, cooking, nutrition, job skills training, but particularly around and with our local um, organic farms and CSAs. And then we put in um, schools into public, we put in gardens into public schools and to Section 8 housing communities. That's one program. And our labor force is a group of youngsters who are learning all about the green gardening world. Our second um, program is about um, creating green sustainable internships for youngsters. Mostly this is 11th and 12th graders. Our biggest program is in New York City. <clears throat> and then lastly we have a, another program called Side by Side with 10th through 12th graders from a variety of different backgrounds working with very underserved first and second graders in a healthy um, activities program and kind of an enlivened literacy program, which is very powerful what happens between the older and younger kids. That's one part of our work. And the other part of our work, we have a national donor-advised fund, which is a philanthropic giving tool. People can establish funds with us, take the tax deduction, and then we invest those funds in socially responsible, sustainable investments, and we can align them with people's interests in a passion area, let's say the environment, so we can create a whole investment along the lines of supporting environment so that the philanthropic gifting on the end, we take recommendations of the donors, make the gifts on the end, can all be in alignment. So those are the two areas that we work with, and the link between the youth and the um, donor advised fund is that we, in our youth programs, we often end up talking about and working with community engagement and how can young people give back and one way to give back is using a donor advised fund even if it's tiny to make small gifts to organizations that the youngsters care about so that's me and that's what we do yeah yeah but speak to us about our love or our money because you have found a way to bring those two things together well the the there are many ways to frame the question, but maybe um, the first the first place to start with is who are we as human beings? And um, there are many ways to think about um, our humanity, but clearly if we think of it in a, in a certain way, you, one way to frame it is that we are thinking beings, we are feeling beings, and we are doing beings. So there's kind of innate um, self-organizing that, that takes place in our... Um, persona and what we have what we've come to live with is that we have separated the whole question about love or feelings we, we we're, we're more comfortable talking about values from investment and from philanthropy and so what I am um, that's one important thing that we have we have isolated our beinghood 
which part of it is our feeling life or a form of expression and love with how we relate to money. So one, that's one point. The second point I would make is that money um, is actually an amazing thing and it has come to be an expression of commodifying everything. But in fact, money is a set of agreements. Value is, is extremely arbitrary. Um, value goes up and down based on the most random of things. The stock markets don't go up necessarily or down based on real things. They go down what somebody, on what a perceived result would have been by a certain business on a quarterly report. It has nothing to do with realness. So if you think about money, money actually can be seen as a flow of energy. But it, has, it, it remains static until it moves with our intention. So it, it takes quality, takes movement by how we give it movement. And if you think about money in a variety of different ways, transactions, we buy things, purchase money, we lend, loan money, and we gift. You know, philanthropy, gift money. So in the, ver- the, the money, the dollar that I would give you, potentially, and you would have a different feeling of soul, would be less different than the, in, in how it feels than the dollar that I would give you if I bought something from you. You have a different relationship mm-hmm. to that physical thing. And so but what I'm suggesting here is that first we need to understand the nature of money. Parallel to that, we need to understand the nature of our humanity. Then um, we need to understand how money moves and that it's given movement by us. And then what I'm suggesting is that if one is in tune with love and intention that perhaps we extract into values, we can actually um, have money reflect our love or our values in how we use it. So that can happen in, in the gifting, make philanthropic choices, and it can also happen in investing. And there is a whole world of sustainable social responsible investing that can align one's love or one's passions in an investment approach, not just in a giving approach, so that the money has multiple impacts um, as it's used for different kinds of purposes. And the, the last thing I would say about um, connecting these things is that the Greeks had a number of ways of talking about love. When we talk about love, we talk about it in a... We have one word for love, but actually love is an incredibly highly refined, nuanced um, series of experiences. And the Greeks talked about love in five different ways. They talked about agape, which was the form of pure love. They talked about love in the form of eros, which was the passionate, sensual love. They talked about love in the form of philia, which was the kind of love that we might share for brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. where you feel united with fellow world travelers in a certain sense, not just to speak of your own blood, brothers and sisters. Um, There's um, another kind of love called xenia, which is the kind of love that a a parent might feel for a child. And it has a, a little bit to do with relationship to nature, the kind of natural kind of a love. And um, I have to get the pronunciation, I don't have the pronunciation correct. But, no um, Dorge, which, or Dorge, which is another, a, a whole other kind of love. Um, that that um, the, the Greeks have. So I'm suggesting that when we um, 
think about love in a more refined and a more um, nuanced way and we become conscious of where the feelings are about um, our own, yeah, our feeling life in relationship to warmth, literally sometimes even warmth sensations, and we attach that to consciousness around how we make money move, what we buy and why we buy it, what we give and why we give, what we lend or borrow and why we do that, and we become relational about borrowing, that the the money, because in fact its quality is neutral, gets imbued by who we are. And if we give money in every kind of transaction, some form of if you, if loving intention, the consequences that it has in our choices, um, I think, has, has profound outcomes. So that's why I think that it is possible to link um, money together with loving together with, with outcomes and real investment performance kinds of things. Um, but I think it requires us to um, become really self-aware and understand the nature of love, the nature of ourselves, the nature of money, and the nature of how money moves. So, in your opinion, what is it going to take for people to move from a greed economy, which is probably at this point collapsing, into a love economy that would blossom? Well, there, you know, there are multiple layers of an answer to that and what will it take. And I think the way you know, I, I sort of think about this is a combination of, on the one hand, the most minute universe, which is ourselves, and at the same time all the way out to sort of systems kinds of things. But if I have to make a choice, and you're, and you're with your question, you're asking me to make a choice. Mm -hmm. I think that the the, um, the very first place, and perhaps the only place that we can begin, is with self, with a, being on a path of self development, and that's relevant for a young person, that's relevant for a middle aged person, it's relevant for an older person. But it has to do with bringing consciousness um, to every moment in which the money, um, where, where the money activity ha has its place. And I would also say that it almost, that, that so you say, well, how can you bring consciousness? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can bring consciousness simply by be bringing a moment of silence. And you creating a moment of silence in yourself that allows you to just step back, even if it's for an infinitesimal moment, before you make a decision, before you make a purchase, before you go on a path of action. And that moment of silence is actually a moment of consciousness. So, even for a young person, before you buy that soda, just think about it. Pause, even for a second. They may still buy the soda, but if that becomes a habit, that moment of consciousness, you begin to develop inner tools about change. So, I would say one, one answer to your question really would be that we must, we have to be actively working on ourselves and we have to create consciousness around every m every moment where there's a money moment. Almost on the other side of it, we need to have systems responses. You know, our whole educational system is bereft with, um, with what really, I think, what really matters. So we never talk about, let's say, about loving or appreciative inquiry or contemplative practice in school life. 
not only do we not speak about it with little kids, but we, we barely get into that when we get into higher education. So there's a whole world of education, which hopefully are creators of our you know, future leaders that would, where the whole issue around new economies need to take place. Um, and then there are all sorts of mega things and mega system responses. I would say one other, other thing. I, I do think that if we can solve the food issue in terms of new economies in many, many different ways, we will go a long way to solving some of the larger world issues in terms of economic systems. And there's a lot of um, work being done in this group and in other groups around just that food issue, local living economies and and um, relating a sense of um, reality to how we think about economics as they relate to what are the natural forces in nature. Things die, they go into slumber, they get reborn, they grow into full fruition and they die again. We're very poor at letting things die and re being reborn at times in the economic systems. And so, so simple, creating simple relational concepts around in how nature actually could relate to economies in school and other places, I think, would be hugely helpful. So, again, multiple layers to your question, beginning with ourselves, taking it into schools, using the food question as maybe the, the central research and action point around which other systems could sort themselves out, and then dealing with some of the macro issues series of different stepping stones. So transforming our relationship with ourselves, transforming our relationship to food and with food, and transforming our relationship to money, um, putting love into money. Yeah, I, I think that putting love into money. Do you live like that? You know, um, one of my favorite stories is the myth um, about Pandora's box. And Pandora opens the box and all these horrible goblins and sins of the world come clam clambering out of the box. But one thing that also comes out of the box is hope. Mm -hmm. And so in some respects, I would say for me personally, um, hope springs eternal as to whether I live this way. I, I try. Um, and I fail every day, but there are also little mini successes. Mm -hmm. um, there's and there's much more to be done. But um, I th I think that the place maybe where in my life it's most manifest is that I am pretty as conscious as I can be, always an ongoing challenge about um, how how the money is working, what I do with our little bit of money and try then to apply that into just daily life practices. So the effort is perhaps greater than the successes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. So stop and breathe before you buy a soda. All right. And if you buy it, imbue it with love. Right. Thank you so much, Clemens. I appreciate your time. Thank you.